all those machines have to go through a logistics and accuracy test weeks in advance. So the election office will pull all those machines out of mothball, fire them up, and test them. They then seal the machines and put them away. So they do set up on the machines. They'll do some setup the night before putting up tables, and they come in really early in the morning and do the machines, plug them in, fire them up, and get them ready for the day. So being a judge of elections, working on the elections is a very long day. So make sure you show those people some love when you go vote. By the way, did you know about the voting process? Welcome back to By the Way, Did You Know? And this week I have with me a special guest who has a rival podcast, we'll say. I'm not really part of the rivalry, uh, although I've... I don't know if I've appeared on Grove Unleashed, but uh, Generally Assembled and Grove Unleashed are two great podcasts we have here. Mine being, in my opinion, the best, but, you know, what can I say? But today with me is uh, the state government chairman who is going to talk to us a little bit about elections today, Seth Grove. Chairman Seth Grove, thanks for being here, Seth. Thanks, Torn, for having me, and it's, it's an excellent, excellent podcast. I will, since I'm a guest, it is, it is by far <laughs> the most superior podcast of the House Republican Caucus. That's good. And, you know, we've had Topper on. We've had, now we've had Seth. We've not had Goddessman on. So, I, you know, I, I <laughs> and he's never come at all. No, uh, <laughs> but no, today we're going to talk about something that's coming up. We all know the, that elections are, are right around the corner uh, for the general elections. How can you miss it with every uh, TV ad and social media ad and mail and all kinds of things out there? But we all know candidates and, and we go vote and the importance of voting. I don't think a lot of folks actually understand is when you go register to vote and you go to the ballot box and you, at this point, fill in the oval, give it to the, the nice lady or, or, or man that's there to accept your ballot, what happens? What happens from that point? And I know there's been a lot of discussion over the last couple of years about elections and processes, and uh, but I think it's important that folks understand the process. And, and just going to the ballot box and voting is, although very important, there's a process that comes after mm-hmm. that and a step-by-step procedure that is followed. So that's why I thought we'd have Seth on today, Representative Grove from York County, to talk about what is that process. He is expert in all things election. I, I thought it'd be good for him to talk a little bit about that process. So, Seth, I go into the ballot box. I vote for my candidates. I, I submit my uh, ballot into the machine to, to be accepted. What happens from there? Yeah, so there's statute around what things, how things are supposed to operate, and I think we can all come back and say that not everything follows that statutory right. construct. Right, um, and that that's a whole other other discussion for another day. So we'll discuss what should happen based on that's the great. law, right? That's exactly, right. There's there's the law, and then there's how things are done, which which we we've been battling. It's a huge frustration. We're all aware of that. So uh, if you start with the, the beginning of the election process, right? You register to vote. The simple form, you fill it out, it goes to the voter registration office. They validate that information, they add you to the voter registration list, which is called the SURE system, which is maintained and handled by the Department of State, and it is a uh, statewide system. And it wasn't too long ago that prior to the start of the, the, the SURE system, like I think the 1990s, county election offices still had index cards for voter registration in some counties, which blows my mind. And that kind of goes in with the overall theme. Again, not going too far down this road, but 
you have 67 counties doing 67 different things. Right. right. So now at least voter registration is is u- uniform in general. Department of State controls inflow. Individuals adding names in the voter registration office have to go through certifications, all that kind of stuff. Um, so at least you have a uniform system. The short system is a living document. Um, they're moving people on and off based on death records. Uh, there's and, and there's also federal law layered on top of this. So um, states aren't just allowed to remove people for the sake of removing them. There is a federal process uh, for updating your voter registration. It's a very long and painful process, but that is federal law to do it. So that's step one. So let's say you, you're successful in getting a voter registration uh, completed. You get a voter registration card in the mail. Uh, most people lose theirs. Um, it is just a little paper document. You can fold it up, put it in your wallet. Uh, but most people do eventually just lose that thing. Right. And then uh, it'll have your polling place. So let's say you, you decide you want to go vote. So you show up at the election day. Everything's set up, right? Well, that process takes a long time to do. They just don't set up machines and at some random spot. So early on, counties need to find locations for polling places. They try to make them ADA accessible. Um, there's some areas of the state it's virtually impossible to find a location big enough to house uh, election operation and are ADA accessible. So there, there are some of those issues. And we had, and actually, mm-hmm. you know, caveat there, we had we had a couple of polling places in Cumberland County and, and even within the 193rd district that had to, to make some changes and, and had to shift some polling places around. Ultimately, they're trying to fix that problem. Right. But it does happen. Yeah, it's it's still, still I mean, it's 2022. It's, it's still an issue uh, here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But all those machines have to go through a logistics and accuracy test weeks in advance. So the election office will pull all those machines out of mothball, fire them up, and test them to make sure they're at zero, right? And making sure, like, they test the ballots, they have the ballots for the upcoming election. They run them through uh, to make sure they're counting and everything is is uh, properly done. They then seal the machines and put them away, depending on where you're at. Um, so Philadelphia has a couple regional locations to store machines. Uh, kind of our counties, there it's one spot. The day before the election, maybe a couple days before, they'll take those machines out to those election machine sites. They're all locked with tabs. Um, so when the judge of elections gets in the morning, uh, they have to cut the tabs and validate that they haven't been tampered with. So they do set up the machines. They'll do some setup the night before putting up tables, and they come in really early in the morning and do the machines, plug them in, fire them up, and get them ready for the day. Um, so being a judge of elections, working on the elections is a very long day. So make sure you show those people some love when you go vote. Yeah, um, I remember my dad. So I grew up in I grew up in Southern York County. Yeah. I grew up in Jefferson, and uh, my dad. Uh, whenever I was in high school, was a judge of election, elections in Jefferson, and I remember, uh, you know, because I was kind of a, a nerd, I liked politics and government even back in high school. But I remember, you know, Dad would get there and have to set the, the. At that point, they were still mechanical machines, I believe, or no, they were electronic machines at that point, right. and had to set them all up, and and then you, he was responsible for taking them into the York County Courthouse right. that night. So right. long day. So those folks do really put a lot of time and effort they do um and it's it's a thankless job but we appreciate it also if you didn't know about Torin in high school he is like the most famous <laughs> amazing alumni at spring grove area high school i don't know if anybody knew that amazing, amazing. seth and i both are spring grove uh, rockets alums uh it's a funny wikipedia story go it check is. it out it's a good time it's a good time so you know you go in you, you vote and obviously we have paper ballots so there's there's scanners and 
every county has a different type of scanner. Um, some some use the same. There's a lot of options you can pick from. You got the cheap ones York has, and then you got the expensive ones. Uh, I forget someone else. I think Cumberland County might actually have them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's you walk in, and it's still a similar process. You wait in line, you fill out your little bubbles, and uh, you scan your documents in. I usually joke. I think our scanners kind of look like a shredding machine. Ours um, are the same. Yeah. yeah. Just, Adams County. Has I feel that. as though I'm just shredding my ballot. Uh, it's just. Just the way it feels, the way it looks, um, but they're they're tabulating in there. Judge of elections have two USB terminal things that that at the end of the night uh, they reconcile their vote, making sure they have if you have a hundred votes and you have a hundred people in the book, so they go through the poll book, they do all that stuff there at the poll, and then someone usually judge of elections will take them those those USB ports, uh, put them in a sealed bag. They seal the ballots together, and they take all that to the courthouse. Some bigger counties may have, like, a regional spot to take them, and then there will be some county election officials in there. Uh, they'll take those USB ports, put them into computer, tabulate them, send them up to the Department of State, and that's why you, you get those um, in-person votes coming in at separate times. It all depends on how many people you have out in the pool because sometimes it's delayed because you may have a line. You know, as long as you're in line by 8 o'clock, you can vote. So if there's a huge line at 8 o'clock of 50 people, uh, that poll doesn't close until those 50 people go and vote. So there, there could be in-person delays because of that. Drive time could have an hour drive time between a polling place and getting back to the county. Sure, and especially in some of the more rural parts of uh, the Commonwealth. Right. I imagine driving, you know, especially in the northern tier where their precincts are all over the place, but mm-hmm. they still have to get it to one central location. Right. Got to go over the mountain, right? Right. In November. <laughs> um, so you'll, you'll, you tend to see like a York, an Adams County, Cumberland, Dauphin, um, their in-person returns are going to come back pretty quickly. And then you have the whole mail-in ballot process, right? So you fill out your application, you send it in the county, county will check, validate, uh, send your mail-in ballot out to you, you fill it out, and you can either put it in the mail or you can take it to the county, um, or you can take it to one of those drop boxes, which are not found in state law, but were administratively created. Um, so key, key distinction there, right. they were not uh, part of Act 77. No. They were something that was uh, just created by the Department of State and right. the Supreme Court back in 2020. Right, signed off on it. So there's no, there's no statute to them whatsoever, which means you can do whatever you want. Uh, which is part of the problem with Pennsylvania elections, but we, we're not going to get into that. But normal process is you send them in, and only you can send in your ballot because it is illegal under Pennsylvania statute. Governor, um, Governor Wolf may or may not have uh, right. himself. Right, and we're still seeing that, particularly with drop boxes of individuals handing in more of ballots. So just take your ballot in and hand your ballot in, um, and then you're supposed to get notifications as that process happens. So we received your application ballots in the mail we received your ballot all that is is checked and move forward and make sure you sign date the front uh, you get two envelopes put the ballot in the secrecy envelope secrecy envelope goes into the outer envelope sign date it put it in the mail that is the process that is the constitutional process for voting mail and ballots those ballots are counted at the county uh, central counting facility you know, City of Philadelphia uses Convention Center. Allegheny County has their uh, a separate big one. Um, our, our counties kind of do it 
in-house yeah, at the elections house. office. They have a big election machine. They, they cut it and, and open it. Um, and they, they will start pre-canvassing at 7 a.m. They start opening the ballots, get them all ready. So when 8 o'clock hits, they can hit the button and tabulate. That's why your, your first tranche of election numbers are going to be mail-in ballots that come in early. Predominantly, Democrats are, are voting in some like 3 to 4 to 1 uh, compared to Republicans, and then Republicans' votes will come in later with the in-person voting. Um, so that's that's kind of how the process works on election night. Those are all unofficial returns. Uh, believe it or not, we still get federal, overseas, and military ballots. They're allowed to come in a couple days after election day right. to give them a little more time. Uh, again, that's federal law dictating those processes. And then the, the county, uh, the county board of elections will have a, a hearing uh, where they will uh, adjudicate, um, they'll, they'll segregate certain ballots and review them. So if you have provisional ballots, they'll review those. And then they will eventually certify their election numbers. They send that to the Department of State, and then the Department of State will do a state certification based off those 67 county certification processes. Right. And, you know, kind of stepping back one, uh, I, I myself had some experience with the county It's kind of re-canvassing what they call it, where the, the county election offices sit and kind of go through some of those provisional ballots. Mm-hmm. If there's any other ballots, for whatever reason, at that time, absentee ballots were counted at the precinct. So that changed since. But long story short is uh, before recounts were cool, I was uh, I had won an election by one vote. And uh, obviously I was very interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that county recanvassing that happened, and uh, actually won on a provisional ballot, which was opened at that at, at that recanvassing, which you were talking about, where folks look at the so pr- a provisional ballot. For those that don't know, is when you show up at the precinct, you sign your name on a book because you're a registered voter at that particular precinct. Sometimes, for whatever reason, uh, maybe you registered right at the deadline, or or something else happened that your name isn't in the book. So they give you, okay, you show up to vote. You think you're a registered voter there. They'll hand you a provisional ballot and say, okay, vote here. We'll check everything later. And that checking of that that vote happens typically at the county, and um, the county election officials will go through and say, okay, is you know John Doe a, a registered voter in that precinct? And if he is, then he does get to, to in fact, his ballot does count. Some get thrown out because they aren't, and they're just voting at the wrong spot. But in this particular case, there was two provisional ballots in that election. One was not from Adams County, and the other one was. And that that provisional ballot happened to be for me. So that's what put me over the edge. But in any event, uh, another fun election uh, 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 caveat here is that ties, actually, uh, the the way to break a tie isn't a runoff. It's actually a casting of lots. So essentially... Literally p- picking a name out of a hat right. is is really is, that's that's how we break ties in, in Pennsylvania elections. So kind of interesting, which is pretty frustrating from a from a from election perspective. Um, you know, casting. Think about that. You have a 50-50 shot of winning, and it's not based on any any campaign, any like how much money you raise, how many, how many doors, doors you've <laughs> done, like any any of that normal campaign stuff you do. It's literally you have fifty fifty shot, um, just a luck of chance. Pretty, uh, pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Thankfully, I did not have to to, to be in that position. But, but yeah, that's that. I, it, a couple years ago, that happened in Virginia. I think uh, a Virginia state race. 
um, state house race, they or house of delegates, they had to literally pull pull a name out of the hat, and it happens a lot of times, as you can imagine, with local elections because right. there's so few vote people voting. But yeah. um, and that was important because I think that determined the uh, majority control, majority yeah. control pretty, of the pretty wild uh, house stuff. of delegates. Yeah, pretty wild stuff. So the the punchline with all of this, obviously, is that election day is coming up, and you need to vote and. Mm-hmm. And I know folks sometimes have apprehension and, and are worried about fraud or whatever the case may be. But you can't even if you don't even participate in the process. Right. All that doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So you have to participate. You have to be engaged and care about your elected who, who is representing you and whoever that may be. And, and we get that opportunity every year, twice a year, really. Mm-hmm. And you should take that opportunity to go out and vote come Election Day. Yeah. You have as a voter, there's one thing under your control. One thing, and only one thing you can do to control your destiny and your participation, and that is going to vote. You, you have a constitutional right to do it. You can go exercise it, and when you do, you know, it, it doesn't matter about anything else. If everybody decides to go do it, even if you're worried about fraud, the fraudsters can't overturn that many people exercising their, their legal rights moving forward. So it's critically important people get off the sidelines in the game and go exercise your rights. Do your research on your candidates. Um, everybody's got a website, the whole nine yards. You know, as as incumbents, you know, we have we have a vote history. Um, right. You know, you go to General Assembly website, um, go look up some votes, go look up some bills. Um, it's all it's all out there, and you can go do your research and then uh, make an informed decision about who who you think and it's going to do the best job for your county and your country, and go from there. Well, Seth, I, I think that about does it for today. I really appreciate you being on here. I know that Grove Unleashed will probably be out later this week, so you should check that out, too. Right. And uh, a, a shameless plug for, for Seth Grove. But, but uh, it, you know, Seth gets into a lot of these details a little bit more nuanced and a lot more in-depth with one of his staffers in his office. So uh, check out his podcast as well. But, uh, Seth, thanks for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. This has been By The Way, Did You Know? Tune in for all of my podcasts at repecker.com slash mypodcasts.